goals. I'm going to say Jesus a few more times as well. Um, my, what I've got to bring this morning, my, I'm not going to convince you by my special words. I'm not going to convince you by lofty thoughts and ideas or anything like that. But I just want to pray over us that the Holy Spirit works through us, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes and just blows over this place and takes what I'm going to say and just implants it in our hearts and our, in our souls. And that we would just catch a sight of Jesus as we read scripture together this morning, as we unpack talking about sowing and reaping and what God invites us to do with our, our finances and our money and our resource. That through that we would just catch a glimpse just a fresh glimpse, a fresh revelation of who Jesus is as we're being conformed increasingly into his likeness. Jesus reflects the Father so beautifully and so wonderfully. So Holy Spirit, come right now in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. We receive you right now. We receive you right now. Would you come and release financial breakthrough in people's lives this morning? Would you continue the work you're doing to transform our mind and our, and our thinking? So our minds are being renewed. Jesus is king. We love you. Thank you. Come and have your way. Come and have your way. Please feel free to sit down when you're ready. If you want to stay standing, you're very welcome to. So as we are continuing to step into all that God has for us in this next season, and you'll definitely hear more about that on Tuesday, we feel that something we want to go after over these next few weeks is helping us to understand and fully grasp and maybe change our thinking slightly on, on our finances, on our resources, on our money. And if we can see what Jesus says, what, what the Bible says about how we steward what we've got, what, how we go to God and ask him what he wants us to do with the money we've got, with the resource we've got, then that's going to help unlock something in us and for us for the, for the future as a church. And this is definitely something that I know Vic and I have been exploring and stepping into over the last, over the last few years and seeing God move in our lives and in our finances in ways that we haven't seen before. And we'll get to some of that in a minute. And following on from Chris's talk uh, two weeks ago now about tithing, which, as Vic said, I recommend you go back and listen to. As I was preparing this, God kind of 
God kind of revealed to me a couple of questions that I'd love to ask you this morning just to think about. And it's that how are you using the seed, the money, the resource that he's given you? How do you see the role of money in your life? Is it all yours or does it belong to someone else? Now, Jesus tells a story, it's in two of the Gospels, about, um, it's a parable of the talents, is how we've come to, to know it. And um, it's amazing, I've been around churches for 25 odd years, and I've heard it spoken about in so many different ways, and different people have interpreted it about, like it's about our skills, our talents, our time, our energy, our, our gifts, and what we're willing to give into, rather than kind of burying it and hiding it. But as I was reading it in the build-up, I felt Jesus kind of, God kind of prompt me and go, this is about actual money as well, you know. And so a master who was leaving to travel off leaves three servants with different amounts of money. And um, he leaves one servant, um, one talent, one servant, five talents, and another one, ten. No, sorry, it's one, five, and two. (laughs) And upon returning home, he says, what have you done with, with these talents? And the first and second servants, so the one he's given five and the one he's given two, have gone away and doubled effectively what they've been entrusted with. They've sewn it into different things, made money back and doubled the amount that he was given them. And the third servant who was given one buried it, hid it away to keep it safe in fear of any repercussion of using it in the wrong way or losing it or anything like that. And in, in the parable that Jesus tells, the master ends up saying to this third servant who's buried his one talent, you're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you even just deposit in, in the bank? There is actually a translation to this as well that says, why didn't you just put it in the offering? But because you are unfaithful, says the master to the servant, I will take the one talent and give it to the one who has ten. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. Now, on first glance, that, that seems quite harsh, maybe. Like, the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one who has hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. I would argue that this isn't about the actual amount of money. It's about the heart and the inclination towards what you're going to do with the resource that you've got. And so what does the Bible say about this? How should we handle our money? Now I'm going to give you a bit of a whistle-stop tour through some passages in the Bible. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can, try, you can keep up. I was going to say try and keep up, but I'll give space for you to keep up. Um, so we're going to be, yeah. Well, I'll just go through these verses. I'm going to unpack some of it a little bit. So in Proverbs 11, 24, Solomon, who's the wisest man in the Old Testament, asked God for wisdom, and he, said, he writes these words. He says, give freely 
and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. There's a cause and effect going on there that he's talking about in, that, in that, those two verses. What we sow will, really, will result in a, a different harvest depending how generous we are in our giving and how stingy we are. So it's almost quite simple, really. If you want to become more wealthy, then give freely. Jesus himself says, and it's written in Luke, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. The measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement of your return. It's the same thing again. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. So much so that it pours out, it overflows. Abundance flows out of it, who we are and what we have. And then Paul says in Galatians 6, God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that you planted. And if you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you'll reap beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. So don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of the faith. Seems to be a recurring theme coming out here. What you plant, what you sow is going to be what you harvest and what you reap, what you get back. The harvest you reap, the generosity that you sow will, will, will reveal, will lead to a greater a harvest for yourself. Just, I'm going to ask Neely to come up. I hadn't planned to do this um, until she came up to me this morning just now. There she is. Uh, cool. Give her a round of applause. Where is, where is her? He's not there. There we go. There you go, Neely. Cool. Uh, hello, Neely. Hi. Hello. Um, so, um, a couple of weeks ago... Um, I really would like to invite Kiri as well. Okay, Kiri can come. Great, great. Where is Kiri? He's upstairs. Cool, thank you. So, well, it, <laughs> um, so by way of a, an introduction, um, uh, was it about four or five weeks ago now? 
So um, this happened in October. October. Oh wow. Okay, a couple of few months ago now. Okay. Yes. Um, do you want to say? What, we'll, I know we're waiting for Kiri to come down, but Paul's just going. So, so do you want to start with like a bit of an introduction about what happened in October yeah. then? Yeah, definitely. I'll go for it. Cool. Um, so in October, um, we have uh, processed a um, insurance claim for our property in London. There were some issues in our property. Um, there were subsidence issues in the kitchen. Um, we've had tenants in the property as well, so they started complaining about the issue. So as we were processing the claim, uh, the insurer said it's going to take a while to release the funds. It's not going to be a straight away thing, so we'll have to wait for um, six, more than six weeks for this to come through. In the meantime, um, we were struggling and juggling to find out how to get the funds to get the repairs done. Um, as this was happening um, in October, uh, Chris said, um, here's this £5 note. Uh, who, whoever is waiting for a financial breakthrough or a financial miracle, please come in and claim it, he said. So, I, so I, I, as soon as the service finished, I walked towards him and I said, uh, we are waiting for a financial miracle, so I would like to claim it. So I claimed the note in October, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and ever since then, um, we put this note and we prayed. We prayed and asked the Lord, um, Lord, we need money. It's just not hundreds. We need thousands of money to do this uh, repairs because it's a subsidence issues. Of, of course, that, that requires uh, stripping off the floors and, you know, concreting and all of that. So um, in the meantime, we borrowed monies from our friends and families and we started the work. Um, again, they're not hundreds, more than thousands. Um, uh, how much we borrowed? Do you remember? 20,000. <laughs> I'm not ready to say this. Um, it's just um, she put me on the spot, but okay. I'm going to tell you what I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell um, us what you like. Yeah, we've been through, uh, we have a house in Croydon, so we've been to house more than six um, times, uh, especially to, you know, to, uh, to meet this um, insurance PM person. He always comes up um, saying that um, we have to do investigation, what is going through and what, is, what has happened. We need to get, get into the route and everything. So uh, even uh, we, we, kept on we kept on touch with um, people through emails multiple times. At some point, the person who, who, was, who is in charge, uh, even he replied back to us saying that it is impossible. Um, because of um, what what uh, what we found and what basically the, all the evidence have been now is gone and yeah. you basically worked on it. There's no evidence, so it, it looks to me is not uh, is is not possible. Okay. Um, but that's the, when we heard that news. That's what um, the Nilu picked up yes. this five pound. Um, so um, things went on. It's more than like three four months now. It's, it's happened last October. Okay. Now we are in almost in February. So, <clears throat> but um, somehow we, we, we prayed about it. We believed that God will um, do a miracle. Yeah. He, he will change us things um, impossible, uh, make it things possible. So we believed on it. And last um, two days before, um, we got an email saying that um, we, we, we investigated it. We've been through your 
pictures and we've been through all the evidence and um, the, the, the person who is recommended, investigated, and then now we authorize and we offer um, the amount of money uh, so you can continue your process and then you c get your job done and complete your job. So it is a right. miracle. Yeah. Um, but again, um, it, it, it is anything, I mean, around us, things were impossible. Uh, naturally, it looked to us, it's like it's not going to happen, mm. but God made it possible. Um, yeah. So we, we really praise God for what he has done. Um, I mean, with 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 what we have is not is not possible so yeah, god yeah. basically brought this way and opened this door uh, so that we can be freely walking in his blessing that's so good thank cool. you cool I, I i also wanted to add on a um, couple of things to what kira said honestly since october um, yeah. it's been a battle for us as a family we had to it's been a frustrating time yeah. financially like as you know you know me chris like finance has not been easy yeah, yeah, for us as finance, a family yeah. since the year 2016. Okay, yeah. um, we, we struggled financially, honestly. We've had, we can't say that we've had more than enough. We, we've had just enough to get through, mm. you know, get through by each yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then um, I heard him saying clearly, since January, you step up and make some choices. Okay. I heard him clearly. So okay. I deliberately decided to tithe since January. Since January, it's, it's one of my decisions. I said, God, I'm going to tithe. I know that I don't have enough. My budget is very tight, but despite, despite all of the odds, here I am. I'm going to make this brave choice because you said, test me. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. okay, here I am going in deep. Awesome. And then I started tithing since January. And as I was tithing, I started seeing glimpses of him opening up doors, I glimpses of finances breaking into my account. Yeah. So yeah. I started seeing him breaking through. Great. While we were waiting for this big miracle, mm -hmm. um, we, we, would claim, we would touch on this note, we would pray as a family, we would ask God, you said whatever you, we bound on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever we lose on earth will be losing in heaven. Yeah. God, we, here we are, we are losing financial miracles for our family, right. let it be losing there in heaven. So that's one of the prayers awesome. we prayed. Um, Love it. As a family, we prayed. And um, on October, uh, February, February the 14th, yeah. um, we've received the email uh, saying that um, your claim is a success. Through. So Fantastic. it was Good a good. massive miracle. It was, it was a good. glorious miracle for us. Oh, so I also crazy. wanted to pass on this note. If anyone is waiting for a financial breakthrough, I really wanted to That's pass great. it on to whoever is waiting because we know our God is a God, God of miracles. He, he never shows partiality. So what happened to us is for you as well. Yeah. And I also heard him this morning, this is just the beginning. Mm. So this good. is just the beginning. Also, I, he, I heard him saying in Haggai, Chapter 2, um, verse 8. I will read it um, to you guys. Um, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the yeah. gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Good. Good. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. So, here it is. Whoever is cool. wanting this note, come find me.
Good. Thank you, Nino. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe. God bless you. Thank you. So Nino had no idea what I was talking about this morning. And she came up to me in worship and just presented me with this five-pound note and said, I need to give this. I need to sew this back to, to someone else. And so please do go and find her. Go and ask her, um, Nilo and Kiri, to pray with you. Um, and yeah, if God is um, so generous and so abundant and they just want to pass on the sow from what God's done for them into someone else's life. So, if that's our starting point, the God has given us everything, and we're invited to offer everything to him, including our wallets. That makes the money that we have, the resource that we have, his to start with. That's almost just a starting point. And I wonder how often we ask the question, Jesus, is what I have for me? Or is it to bless someone else? Is it for me to go to McDonald's and grab a double cheeseburger meal? Or is it for me to go and get that for someone else? Is it for me to buy a new TV for myself? Or is it to buy someone else a new TV? Is it for me to pay my gas bill? Or is it to pay someone else's gas bill? And that's not necessarily about us choosing to, to kind of put ourselves on the back seat because we have to give to someone else and mean that we don't have enough. Because whatever we sow is going to come back to us. In 2 Corinthians 9, that's Matthew, not 2 Corinthians. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We reap into proportion, in the proportion of what we sow. And when you start to sow, the blessing falls on us. And whatever position you're in, I would say that God's inviting you to sow something. There's a, um, a story in Genesis where um, Isaac is in a, living with his family in a time of severe famine. Um, it's a famine like they've never, like they haven't seen for a long while. And in the middle of that famine, God speaks to Isaac and says to plant the seed that he has, to plant the crops that he has. So he would have had very little. It's a, 
given, given the famine that had lasted for many years beforehand, it's not wisdom to start planting a seed in a time of famine. But then it says that this happened. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. And as you can imagine, when everyone else has very little, and you've suddenly got a hundred times what you've sown, what you've coming into you, he became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. And he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. So wherever you find yourself at the moment, it could be with very little or, or much. Are you asking God, what can I do with the seed I have? Where do you want me to sow this? Since God is in the business of, reap help, of helping us to harvest what we sow, he has the abundance of heaven available to him. But we need to lean into storing our treasures in him rather than on the earth. So where are you sowing your seed? Where are you sowing what God has given you? For Vic and I, we've kind of both grown up around church. And so giving and generosity was an important part of that and we've I think pretty much always in our, our marriage tithe so given to the church we've been given 10% of the church we've been a part of but over recent years we've been we've felt an invitation into giving to giving more into stepping into that more and that's not suddenly because we ended up with more money and therefore have more money to give away there have been times when I've had to get another job and gone to work at the car park in the outlet for a period of time because we needed a bit of extra cash coming in. Things haven't always been particularly like easy for us financially, but over the last few years, we've listening to God more about what he wants us to do with our money. And we've got, we've got stories about where we've increased our, our giving and we've had water bills come back to zero for a period of time that matched the amount that we increased our giving. We had uh, an opportunity where Vic specifically felt for um, a friend of hers who lived in, in Canada and was unable to, to fly over due to their financial situation to come for a family birthday party. And Vic felt very specifically that we'd help to pay for that flight to come back. And as, as we, we offered that and Vic had that conversation, suddenly God also put that thought on someone else's heart. So as we leaned into that, there'd been nothing at all in terms of her getting over here. Vic's friend thought she wasn't going to be able to come over. But as we leaned into that, God had obviously put it on someone else's heart I was going to say you had far more money than we did, but um, yeah, to go, actually, do you know what? Thank you for your generosity, guys. Um, this, this, uh, this person's brothers can fund that and do that, and they immediately that was all sorted. 
And we very much see that as God kind of giving back to us as we were prepared to give. There was an alternative offering to, to this, this lady, and that was a restoration of family that was unable to, to come together because we were leaning into what's God's heart in this situation. And if it needs an investment of money, then are we prepared to invest that? Are we prepared to sow into that? Jesus says in Matthew, don't hoard your treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. But stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows into your body. And if you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. But if you live with squinty eyes in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. And you can't worship God and money both. So what does it look like for us to keep our treasures in the heavenly account? So can I, confident that God wants to give us enough to tithe, enough to live on and enough to sow? And when you store what you've got in heaven, trust completely in Jesus. No one can take it from us. It's not going to get dirty or rusty. We have a fridge in our garage at the moment. <laughs> it's been there a little while. And we're waiting for the right person to give it to you. But unless we move it out of our garage, it's going to gather dust. It's going to gather rust. And we want that we're waiting for the right person to bless with this, this refrigerator that works fine, but we don't need it at the moment and we want to choose to give it away to someone. But it's just finding that right person. We don't want to leave it there to gather rust and dust or even for it to be stolen. And we can choose to be completely abandoned to Jesus in what we do with our money. We... We sing it's all for him. We sing it's all about him. We give you everything. But do we give him our wallet alongside that? It's not about me. It's not about church. It's not about my possessions, my finance, my bank account. It's about Jesus. It's about him. And when he says that when we knock on the door, he knock, he's knocking on the door, and when we open the door to him, like he encompasses all of it. He comes and takes home our, over our life. He comes and stays with us. And if he's our treasure, then everything else pales into insignificance. He has my heart, my adoration, and my finance. And that's where I choose to store my treasure, my stuff, my things, that I hold on to it loosely to give to him. 
Now, I don't know where your hearts are at, where you, where you would say, does Jesus have all your love, all your devotion? Where do you keep the things that are precious to you? Where do you keep your treasure? And I think as we're exploring money, exploring finance and what it looks like, there's a change going on in our thinking and our hearts that will lead to us seeking Jesus and going fully after him. He calls us to seek his kingdom first and everything else will be added to you. So as we look at what's in our bank accounts, as we trust God with the first 10% and we offer the rest, the whole other 90% to him as well, we're encouraged to ask him, what do you want me to do with this that you've given me? Where do you want me to store this? Where do you want me to sow this? And if we're seeking him fully, we shouldn't be pursuing money, but money should be pursuing us. So we just need to lean into following the prompting of the Holy Spirit with our finances. Whatever situation you you find yourself in in this place or watching online this morning, I want to encourage you to ask God the question, what do you, where do you want me to sow what I have? Keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your eyes entirely fixed on him as you're making those decisions. Choose to look to him. Choose to be guided by him. He's a good, good father and he adores us and he wants the absolute best for us. And if you're looking for a financial breakthrough, if you're struggling in this place, I just want want to encourage you. Again, ask God, where do you want me to say? He's got more than enough for each one of us. Can you stand with me, please? And if anything I've said has spoken to you specifically, if you're, you're looking for if you're looking for a financial breakthrough in your life this morning, Jesus saw that the widow bring her, her the single coin that she had and give that in the offering. And said that she'll be blessed. He sees what you have. He knows what you have. And what's in your hands. And he'll guide you. He'll show you where to, to sow in the right place and unlock generosity in your thinking and in your life. And this isn't sowing so that we reap a harvest of wealth so that we can accumulate abundance for ourselves. This is so we can accumulate, accumulate finance that flows, accumulate something that moves, that it keeps flowing and keeps flowing and keeps flowing.
I felt God say to me during the worship that there are people in need of amounts of 75 pounds, 750 pounds, and 7,500 pounds this morning. If that's you, I'd love for you to come and, come and I'd love to pray with you and to, um, to yeah, maybe it's Neely you need to go and speak to about that five pound note, but go and um, find that afterwards as well. I'm just going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you for what you are doing across us as a family and I thank you that you choose to bless us, that you you choose to to love us and that you adore us and we are your children. And you're inviting us into a new mindset of sowing and reaping, of giving generously and generosity. Open our eyes to where you're, you're looking for us to sow, even in a time of famine. If you want us to sow, then show us the best place to do that and the best way to do that. Help us to completely trust you with our, with our money, with, with our resource and what we have that we don't focus on that and store up our treasures on this earth, but we store up treasures in you, Jesus, because you are king. You are Lord of lords. And we keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. As we look at our everything we have. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.